Uh, I, I was not a grateful person growing up. In fact, I always had this attitude that it was never enough. Nothing I ever got was enough. Um, it never felt like enough to meet all the, the emptiness inside of me. Just compared to what I felt like I needed, nothing anybody ever gave me was going to fill that. Hello, and welcome to Gratitude Space. I'm your host, Chris Palmore. I'm a gratitude scholar, enthusiast, and creator. What is a gratitude creator, you ask? It's a person who creates a space that allows you to come to the moment where you can realize you have so much to be grateful for. We all do, and allow this podcast to be your weekly reminder. Here you will find gratitude stories and practical ways to assist you in the daily practice of being grateful. Welcome to Gratitude Space. Hello and welcome to podcast number three. Gratitude is good for you with Brandy Miller. Brandy Miller is an international speaker and two-time award-winning author. She specializes in finding the hidden opportunities for profit in every problem. This skill, which earned her the title of the Opportunity Prospector, began with learning to express gratitude for all the things that were in her life, including the things she didn't like or want. By learning to develop gratitude for what she didn't want, she found herself examining those things to find what was good in them. In this podcast, she shares her story of learning to be grateful for all the things she didn't want. But before we get started, I've partnered with YourTakeaways.com. YourTakeaways.com is an amazing website that allows you, the listener, to give a little feedback on this episode in exchange for a gift. The gift for answering three questions about this podcast episode is a digital copy of Brandy Miller's book, Turning Problems into Profits. It's really simple. Just click the link in the show notes titled YourTakeaways.com forward slash claim and add the passcode M38A89, which is also found in the show notes. Spend three minutes giving your feedback and receive a free gift. Thank you in advance for listening and for taking this extra step to share what you've learned. Now, my friend and the woman that's been holding my hand in my writing process the last six months, Brandy Miller. Hi, Brandy. Welcome to Gratitude Space. Hi, Fit Chris. Thanks you for having me. I can talk, I promise. <laughs> oh, I know you can. I know you can. We've, we've talked a lot, and I've, I've uh, been fortunate enough to be part of your uh, writer's group, and I know that you have no problem talking. <laughs> Not usually, no. And fortunately, you have all, usually have a, a, a lot of really great things to say, and you're, you're such a good listener, and you give really amazing advice. I, I want to thank you in advance for uh, being on the podcast. Well, thank you for having me. I'm honored to be invited. Oh, you're very, you're very welcome. And uh, so I'll tell everybody that Brandy and I have been friends for, let's see here, I would say. Four years. Four years. Been four years. Okay. Four we, years. We met in April of 2016. Oh, it was actually in April of 2016. I thought it was before then, mm -hmm. but okay. Yeah. Okay. Mm -mm. That's great. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so Brandy, if you could just um, tell the people a little bit about yourself. Yeah, absolutely. I'm a woman who wears many hats. I own a business helping people get their books written. I also do copywriting and ghostwriting and um, marketing and some other things that I dabble in here and there. And um, in the meantime, I also 
part of my writing is process involves examining relationships and examining myself a lot. So I usually have a lot of insight to offer in that direction. And with, uh, right now you're working on several different books, but can you uh, tell us a little bit about one or two of them? Uh, yeah, well, um, we're helping you with your book about the trip to Cuba that you took in 2016. <laughs> and and um, <laughs> in addition to that, I've got another book that I'm working on that's about a mother and son and their journey of forgiveness for each other and for the relatives that failed them. Um, and for many other things. So, no, I understand. Yeah, I know you. You've always got you've got a lot of stories you want to tell. And, uh, <laughs> I do. Only, only I so have much, a lot of almost so much time to work on them. Oh, I know. Uh, I I need like a divine. Uh, I need like an angel that does nothing but write for me all day. There you go. Your your assistant angel. Your assistant angel. Yeah, my writer. guardian writing angel. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That sounds like a great, uh, could be a great website for uh, people wanting writers or uh, wanting assisting true, writers true. to assist them. <laughs> the Angel Writing Club. Um, yeah, well, let's yeah. get started here with the, the questions um, because it's a gratitude podcast. Uh, so what does gratitude mean to you? Gratitude means to me being thankful for all of the things in your life, not just the things you want, but all of the stuff that you don't want in your life. Yes, that's, you know, I, I, I've been thinking about that a lot lately, too, about um, just just being uh, grateful for all of it, because when you're when you're ungrateful for things and it's it's all at that point, psychologically, how you handle everything and how you're you're feeling. Um, it's a very different uh, it's a different thing when you look at something as a gift opposed to looking at is uh, just bad stuff falling on your face or, you know, <laughs> or, 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 you know, so I, I completely, uh, I like, I love that answer. That's a really, really great way to look at things. Um, to look at gratitude for sure. So right now in this moment, if you were to think of three things you could just be grateful for, what would those be? Um, my family with all of its insanity and all of its problems and all of its drama, <laughs> um, <laughs> my own mess of a life, and all of that that comes with it. And, you know, actually for this pandemic. Can and you, I know uh, that sounds strange yeah. to say mm -hmm. that I'm grateful for this pandemic. But in reality, what I think it's done more than anything is force us to look at how we're living our life. And is the way we're living it really the best way to do it? Or are there things we could be doing that are better and more productive? Yeah, I, I understand where you're coming from there. And I've, uh, you know, it just, uh, I'm almost, well, very similar idea is the fact that now that we've been in this isolation and we haven't been able to do a lot of things, I know that people are going to appreciate being able to do some of the regular things they got, or, you know, we're, we're missing out on. I think, I think there'll be a lot of appreciation for what we used to take was just the normal, the normalcy. I think that, uh, I think people will hopefully appreciate these things more now that they've been uh, put on hold for so long. Well, there's also another aspect to it that most people don't realize is that we don't grow when we're in our comfort zone. We tend to stagnate and stop growing and stop improving ourselves when we're in the comfort zone. And America has lived, and the world, 
to a certain degree, many parts of it anyway, have lived mm-hmm. in the comfort zone for a long time. We've been comfortable. We've had all of our needs met and all of our wants met and many parts of the world has had it good. And we've stopped growing. We've stopped innovating. We've stopped really expanding our horizons and thinking about new ways of doing things. This is going to jumpstart that. This is going to force us out of our comfort zone and into the growth zone. For sure. For sure. I, uh, you know, I, I, I'm fortunate enough to, you know, this, just being able to do these Zoom calls and people connecting in new ways and uh, new ideas being shared and people finding you know, new, new innovation um, of ways to connect and ways to uh, be together. I think, I think, yeah, some, some really amazing things are coming out and will come out of this, uh, this pandemic for sure. I agree with you. Mm-hmm. I think so. I mean, I think as much as we're going to lose, we're going to gain more. Right, right, right. I, I agree with you completely. So um, not who we'd be expecting, but when I say, you know, the first person that pops into your head, uh, when I say who you're grateful for and why, who uh, this could be be a barista, a mentor, a hairdresser, an author. What, when I said that question, who was the first person to pop to your mind? My mom. My mom. Um, okay. She's done a lot to shape who I am. Um. I, I definitely wouldn't be the person I am today without her. I actually wouldn't be here at all without her. So then, then there's that. <laughs> well, that's, that's beautiful. Yeah. You know, I, you know, I'm very grateful for my mother too. So um, completely get that. Uh, so let's, um, you know, we talked before uh, and I was really, I'm really glad we're doing it on the podcast, but could you, could you share us that story, that moment where gratitude became more than just a word to you uh, say your gratitude story? Oh, yeah. Um, it's, it's pretty clear for me. Uh, I, I was not a grateful person growing up. In fact, I always had this attitude that it was never enough. Nothing I ever got was enough. Um, it never felt like enough to meet all the, the emptiness inside of me. Just compared to what I felt like I needed, nothing anybody ever gave me was going to fill that. And I went on this retreat when I was oh, 32 years old. And it was a silent retreat. And during the first session, the priest was giving us a talk about gratitude. And he talked about a man who was not happy with the height that he was born at. And so we tried all of these different things to make himself taller, but none of them really changed how he felt about himself on the inside. And none of them made, them, made him happy. And he's like, you know, if you aren't happy on the inside, nothing that anybody gives you is going to help. And I, we were dismissed and we were told to go back and reflect on gratitude. And I went back to my room and I said, well, God, I would like to be grateful, but I don't know how. And I heard <clears throat> a voice in my head and it said, well, if you would like to be grateful, start with saying thank you for all of the things you don't want in your life. I'm like, thank you for that? Why would I want to thank you for that? You know, that sounded like the craziest thing ever. But I was, I said, okay, fine. Uh, I guess I can thank you for all the bills that aren't paid. And I can thank you for all the problems that I have. And I can thank you for not knowing what's going to happen with my job in the next week. Um, And so I just made this list of all the things I could thank you for. And then when I was done with that, and he said, and here's the other thing I want you to do. 
during this entire weekend, whenever you notice anybody needing anything, any act of small service that you can perform for them, I want you to go over there. I want you to do it. I don't want you to ask for things or expect things. I just want you to serve them. It's like, well, okay, that's, that's fine. I don't get it. That's fine. So I did those things this entire weekend. And by the time I was done, I felt really good about myself. Those acts of service made me feel better about my life. And what was really amazing, and I hadn't expected this at all, was a woman came up to me at the end of that retreat and told me, she said, you have no idea how much I needed what you did. You have no idea how much I needed somebody to notice me and to work to meet my need for a change. She said, I was just running on empty and you changed everything for me. I was like, wow, what a big impact a small act of service can have. And that was really my start of learning gratitude. And at the time I had a boss I couldn't stand and a job I didn't like. And I began a daily habit of thanking God for the job I didn't like. Or, well, it wasn't the job, it was the conditions in which I was working. For the mm -hmm. job that I didn't, you know, the conditions that I didn't like, the boss that I couldn't stand. And I began to practice forcing myself every time that things happened that I didn't want to say, thank you, because I know that you're working all these things for my good and your glory, and that's good enough. And little by little, I started to see just exactly how those things that I hadn't wanted in my life were working for me and not against me. And it began to change my life. Saying thank you for the things I didn't want changed my life. That's beautiful. I, I, that's, I, I remember hearing the story before and I'm really glad that, uh, that you could share it here and I could hear it again. Um, and it, it made me, it, parts of it made me remember the, when I went to, uh, years back, I went to a, a gratitude AA meeting because a friend of mine had told me there's this, there's this gratitude AA meeting. And I was like, oh, well, um, I want to, I wanted to go be a part of that. You know, I wanted to experience that. Mm -hmm. uh, just the idea of a gratitude meeting. Um, fortunately, you know, AA has those, uh, there aren't really, <laughs> you don't really see signs for gratitude meetings. Um, no, you don't, not, but you should, normal. man, you should. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so, you know, when I went, I, I was really, uh, humbled by the whole experience and I, I, I remember it very vividly. And I remember a guy in front of me and or a guy got up to speak and he said, you know, he said, I, you know, it's like, I get to see my kids. I get to pay my bills. I get to do these things. And he was, you know, I get to go to work. And he was, he was flipping it, you know, allowing this, you know, he, he, he's, a, these are things he's allowed to, you know, he, he's, he's thanking himself, thinking, I'm glad I get to go to work. Thank you for that. You know, I'm glad I get to pay these bills. You know, I'm glad I, you know, these are all uh, flipping around instead of it being a burden of having a bill. It was, it was, a, it was something to be grateful for. Or if, mm -hmm. even if your job isn't the job you love, at least you have a job. Let's be grateful we have a job that affords us to be able to pay those bills or, you know, take care of our children. And um, it was it was a really humbling thing to hear that. And I think it's, I think it goes back to that thinking, you know, the idea of um, thinking every, being thankful for everything mm -hmm. um, and being able to flip that coin back around because it's it's always there one way or another. It's just sometimes it's harder to see it than other times, so. Yeah, yeah, well, as I've grown as a writer, I, I've come to see that the 
the hero of the story never starts out in ideal conditions. You know, they're not where they want to be in life. They're not who they want to be in life. They're facing an obstacle that seems insurmountable and they don't know how they're going to solve that problem. That's how the book starts in every case. And, and the stories that don't really grip us are the ones where the hero has no real struggle, right? Where they waltz in and they're the perfect person already and they, they have no trouble taking down the enemy. Well, where's the challenge? Where's the, where's the excitement in that, right? You know what the outcome's going to be before it begins. But the stories that really grip us are the ones where we don't know what the outcome's going to be because it looks like the hero could almost easily be defeated. And yet we read to find out, will they or won't they? Well, our lives are the same way. If we don't start out with the most challenges, we don't have the most to grow. The most exciting lives, the most rewarding lives, I think, are those that face the most obstacles and the most challenges to overcome. So that success means something. It's not just handed to this person. They worked for it. Right, a, a, a character or a person that has no problems, uh, who's going to relate to that? Exactly, because here's the <laughs> truth. Problems are a constant, a universal constant. Everybody has them. Even God has problems. You know, God has PR problems. God has problems with getting his disciples to do the things he wants them to do. God has all kinds of problems. So if God himself cannot avoid problems, who are we to think we're going to do better? Right, right. Uh. <laughs> but you know those problems don't have to be permanent obstacles those problems are opportunities in disguise they're opportunities to improve ourselves they're opportunities to improve our lives they're opportunities to improve the world in how we handle them that's true that's true that's true and then and by by taking that mindset um Life is better. That's for sure. Uh, looking, looking for solutions uh, instead of saying we have problems. I'm just looking for solutions. Or you know, these are these are just obstacles. It's not we didn't hit a dead end and all is lost. But um, just knowing knowing there's a way out so that your mind can turn start turning the page mm-hmm. to figure it out and uh, seek ways to overcome whatever issue it is. And again, yeah, life life is having issues. Is life is having problems. There's always questions and. Uh, the question is, do we want to sit down and, uh, and do nothing or do we want to get moving and uh, attempt to attempt to move forward in whatever the process is to have a better life for not just ourselves, but everyone around us? Exactly. And well, I think the, the trouble is that we too often look at those problems as something we're not capable of solving. But I look at it now very differently than I used to, obviously. But if it's the problem is presented to you, it's because you're meant to be part of the solution. You're meant to help solve that problem. That's why it's been presented to you, because you have something unique within you that makes you capable of contributing to the solution that nobody else can offer. All right. And I I can tell you uh, a lot of people out there that uh, I think a lot of people want to write books and they have stories and, and they don't know that there are people like you that can help them you know, help them through the process of that. I really don't think people know that. I think that um, finding somebody like yourself to be held accountable to for doing certain things and and getting the ideas and reading to, I think that's, I think it's a massive thing that um, I think would keep people engaged in writing where they don't normally. Um, Mm -hmm. And again, that's just, that's if somebody has a story inside of them, 
and they want to get it out, there are ways to do that. And then we just, you know, they need to know that there are people that they can seek to help them with that, but they have to, they have to, they have to go looking for it. It can't just be a thought that mm -hmm. passes in the night. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, it's like with any problem. If you want a solution, the solution's out there, but you have to be looking for it. You have to say, I'm going to solve this problem one way or another. What can I do to start now? And I think too many people just let the problem be the end of their story. Oh, met a problem. Don't know how to solve it. I'm done. <laughs> Why? <laughs> you were you were meant to solve the problem. And one of the things I learned a while back, you know, sometime in the years after that moment at the retreat was that God wraps his greatest gifts to us in the ugliest, nastiest looking wrapping paper possible and says, do you trust me? Quite often we're like, uh, no, can I get a refund? Can I get an exchange? Do you have something prettier? <laughs> <laughs> but if you will take that ugly that came your way, and if you will open up that box and dig inside, you will find that inside of that problem is a gift that is so incredibly beautiful, so worth having, so worth everything you went through to get it. I think that uh, leads really good into our next question, which is, can you tell us about a struggle in the past year or so that you're grateful for now? So I think after you just said all that, can you think of one, uh, one story? Oh, well, that, it's, it's not hard you know? for me. I mean, um, I was invited <laughs> on a trip to London last year. Mm -hmm. And for me, that was, I had said yes to it during a time when money was coming in regularly. And, and then we met with financial challenge after financial challenge after financial challenge. And it was really looking like I wasn't going to be able to go. And like, there was no way to do this. And I was, I was tempted to tell them, I'm sorry, I just can't. There's no way to make it happen. And then I said, you know what? No, there is a way. And I'm going to find it. And sure enough, three weeks to the day before I was due to leave, money came through that allowed me to buy the tickets, book the hotel, get the thing done, and I was gone to London. And if I hadn't <laughs> gone on that trip, I wouldn't have been invited to a speaking engagement the following February. And if I hadn't gone on a trip, I wouldn't have met some of the key people that I met, and I wouldn't have cultivated those relationships. When we presented that obstacle that seemed so impossible to solve, if we buckle down and do the work to solve it, there's something great on the other side of it waiting for us. That's beautiful. And I, I'll tell you, I, I remember seeing your posts about that. And I just can't make you, you know, you've been, you were in my mind. You've been in, you've been in my mind since the beginning of this year, since I started writing. And when I saw that um, you're posting about the, those trips you took it, I was like, okay, I, I, it kept it kept you in the forefront of my mind and allowed me to go. Okay, I need to I need to reach out to Brandy now because I haven't talked to her in years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I'm happy you took those trips too, and that you that you shared you know that you shared about that online. Well, see that so, that's another thing is that you know I don't know who I'm affecting when I choose to decide that I'm not going to let a problem stop me. I don't know who's watching my journey that might need. To, to see me have that victory in order to believe that they can have it too. Right. That's, that's, yeah, that's, yeah, that's another reason to keep going and, uh, 
you know, with especially social media, sharing sharing these stories of uh, struggle and then overcoming and having these uh, the beautiful things that come out of it, I think are uh, I think they're the most powerful things you can share. Mm-hmm. Well, it gives people hope, and that is something that everybody needs. You cannot live without hope. There are three things you can't live without, at least not for long. You can't live without love. You can't live without hope, and you can't live without joy. If you have no joy, you'll die inside long before the body does. If you have no love, you might not last that long. If you have no hope, you'll find no reason to keep going. I'm with you. I'm totally with you. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm just taking, I'm just taking in everything you're saying. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's okay. What do I say after you say that? <laughs> yeah, and that's why, that's why gratitude ahead. is so important because gratitude actually unlocks the treasure chest of love, hope, and joy. If you're not grateful, you're not going to find hope. If you're not grateful, you're not going to find joy. If you're not grateful, it's hard to hold on to love even if you do get it. Right, right. You don't appreciate, you know, it's appreciating the, the love that you get. And uh, if, you know, if you, if you don't appreciate it, you can lose, you know, it's ne- neglecting loved ones is just being, it's a, it's a form of ungratitude towards their love or their friendship. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So when, when things, when things break, it's, it's because, you know, you gotta, it's, it's important to let people know you love them, uh, they, you know, that they love you and it's it, in that relationship. And that's just, being grateful if that's just in the morning as easy as saying your name out loud or just thinking of them that's that's something you know uh mm-hmm. keeping them close to you um so that when you are with them or if you can connect with them uh it's it's even more real mm-hmm. um that's so a beautiful thing what um so what are you excited about this year i know we've had a crazy year but what what do you what do you have going up oh coming? there's just so much exciting happening right now in my life so um discovered a new way to, to connect with people and help market books sneaky uh, while playing games that I love playing. <laughs> so I've got a, a Twitch stream that I do every Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday, which uses The Sims 4 to, which for people who don't know what that is, it's, if you can imagine, um, little girls love to play with their dolls in their dollhouses, and this is a digital <laughs> grown-up version of dolls and dollhouses. Uh, we get to build our own houses and play with our own creations and, um, you know, walk them through their lives. So it's a life simulation game and it's a lot of fun. And I use it to help authors bring their book characters to life on the screen and even to create some of the settings that might appear in that book so that the viewer can kind of catch on to the idea of what the book's about and, and get excited about it. And so far it's been working really well. The viewers have been enjoying it. The authors enjoy it. I love it. Um, and I'm going to, I'm looking at starting to branch out into bringing on small businesses, uh, maybe like musicians and artists and other creatives and, and do the same process only with their ideal client. So like, who would your ideal client be? And, you know, what would their story be? Um, kind of thing, but that's probably down the road right now. I'm going to focus on authors because that seems to be the easiest for me to get. Mm -hmm. And um, then I'm also working on creating a writing sim game (laughs) where, you know, um, WordQuest Online is my eventual goal. 
where I want to have a massive multiplayer online role-playing game that is specifically geared toward helping people develop stories. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. You haven't told me that one before. Yeah, no, that's that's part of what's in the background. And oh, okay. I'll, obviously, I'll be using my Twitch stream to promote that game. And also, because four years ago when we met, I had the idea for the 40-day writer reality TV show, but I didn't have a producer, and I didn't have backers, and I didn't have an audience and I didn't know how in the heck I was going to do this because it looked like it was going to cost $2.5 million and I was not a $2.5 million kind of girl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was not born rich by any means. I wrote the poverty diaries if that tells you anything. So um, <laughs> any rate, so, but with Twitch streaming, I see this as a chance to build that audience and even to use Twitch as the source of running that competition and getting those writers through the process to the point where they compete with one another over 40 days to finish, polish, and then pitch their books to publishers. Now, I'm starting to make inroads with publishers, starting to get to know some publishers and agents that can be brought on board to help with this process. But yeah, that's that's another exciting thing that's starting. It looks like everything that I want is actually starting to come together this year. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I remember you were telling me uh, last week a little bit about that, but, uh, that's, uh, so how, you, you were playing, you've been playing, you were a gamer for many years and then. Oh, just, I've been a gamer since I moved out of my mom's house and in, in with my husband. Uh, so, uh, since 1995. And when, I mean, you would do this, would you do this Sims online and then this just popped in your head about storytelling or how was there a moment when that all uh, no or? actually um the sims i had been playing that game since 1999 when it first came out and um mm-hmm. it, it wasn't until uh i realized uh, years down the road that i could use the sims 4 to to bring my own book characters to life and to sort of model them and to use it to build out scenes and settings in my uh, in my writing, so that I could describe them, and you know set the details accurately every time I described it. Because uh, you know continuity errors can be very jarring for a reader. It can cause mm-hmm. problems. It can cause them to to lose their suspension of disbelief. And I didn't want that to happen. So this is a good way to prevent those kind of continuity areas because you go into the setting and you look at it while you're writing about it. Where's the window placement? Where's the where's the light coming in the room? You know, what season is it? All this good stuff. But at any rate, and so uh, that kind of developed into later when I started streaming, which literally was April 14th was my first stream. So it's very new to me. Um, when, when I came out and my husband suggested that I stream, it was like a couple weeks later that it, the aha moment came that I could use this to connect authors to readers. And then a few weeks after that, the aha moment came that, oh, duh, I could use this to build that 40-day writer reality TV show. That's beautiful. It's a, uh, wow. So you, you, you got the equipment you needed. You got online. You started... In the, you started in, in there, and then these these ideas, uh, mm-hmm. things you've been looking to do, all just uh, creatively, organically, just there it was. Yeah, you, exactly. It was just like, uh-huh. it was like, oh my gosh, this is all of these things that I want to do and build and have. This is 
This is how we make that happen. <laughs> that's wonderful. Yeah, I can see why you're so excited. Yeah, that's, uh, that's And amazing. I feel really bad amazing. in some ways because I know that most people's lives are falling apart right now. And I have so much compassion for those people whose lives are falling apart because I know what it is to have your life fall to pieces on you. I've spent most of my life with it constantly falling apart on me. Um, but that's part of my plan too. And that's one of the reasons why I'm not charging the authors or the people that come on my show is because I want to give people an opportunity to promote themselves in a fun way that doesn't cost them. You know, and, and to, to be mutually beneficial to one another. Right. And it goes back to that, uh, with your gratitude story where you're the person, you know, you said, just go help somebody. Mm-hmm. And that, yeah. And uh, yeah, now just, you're in a situation where you can help people. And at the same time, mm-hmm. it's being, it's, it's a mutual beneficial thing because it's, it's exactly. what you love and what you're doing, which is wonderful. Right. Well, one of the things I find is that every act of service is ultimately a seed sown in your own future success. Every time you serve somebody without expectation of gaining anything, just to help, you're sowing the seeds of your own future success. And the more people you serve, the more seeds you're sowing. And the more that will come back to you eventually. <laughs> yes, yes. I mean, I, I, I sowed I, seeds with you four years ago that are just now coming to harvest. Right, that's right. That's right. That's, uh, you, uh, you were such a good friend back then and just uh, allowing... Uh, being with me and then take, uh, transcribing my words and helping putting things together and uh, and I'm so grateful that we that you did that and we did that now that I can look back and have different <laughs> perspectives on uh, what was going on in my life and and putting together this this book that is a um, that I know is a huge task but at the same time I'm not really I'm not worried about uh, mm-hmm. you know the size of it and I'm not worried about I know I'm going to do it and it will one day be done but I'm not. Uh, I'm not going to freak out about it. And, uh, but you know, our, our stuff we did together is a big part of that. And uh, mm-hmm. I know that it's, it's going to be so much better. And I know that it's existing. I, I feel like solely because we did that, those things, because, mm-hmm. because those ideas were ideas then, and they're still, yeah. you know, it's still, it's still a relevant thing. that's still sitting with me that I want to, that I want to put out into the world. So I uh, appreciate you taking my <laughs> hand and uh, helping lead me, uh, lead me on this journey, this writing journey. Well, I, I'm a big believer that we all have stories that are worth sharing. And that actually stories are the bridge that will bring peace. Because when you share a story openly and honestly with another person, you know, we tend to be afraid that if we share the truth about who we are and what we've been through, that people are going to reject us, that they're not going to love us, that they're going to judge us, that they're going to hate us, right? And some mm-hmm. people will. Let's be totally honest about that. Some people are shallower than a mud puddle, and they will. <laughs> um, but what happens in most cases is what we do with, with heroes in a story, right? We open up our hearts to those heroes, not because they're perfect, but because they're imperfections. We see ourselves in those. We see ourselves in their story. And we fall in love with the person that we see in that story because in, in reality, what we're doing is falling in love with ourselves. <laughs> and we learn to see the world through their eyes from their perspective, we get a greater insight into why they made the choices they did, what was driving and motivating the decisions they made. And suddenly, instead of 
us trying to guess or figure out and inaccurately writing a story about why they did what they did, we've got the real picture. We've got a real insight into why they did what they did and it comes out, turns out, hey, guess what? It had nothing to do with us. <laughs> <laughs> it really, 99% of what people do to you actually has nothing to do with you. It has to do with the, the pain that they're going through at the moment and their failed attempts to heal the pain. Right, right. And that reminds me of a story uh, I think I heard like 20 years ago. You know, it's uh, the idea was in the morning, someone kicked the neighbor's cat. And then you, that night, you know, someone's yelling at someone else because of all the chain reactions that had nothing to do with the individual. But the fact of something happening to somebody else that had nothing to do with them earlier in the day. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And we can be part yeah. of that. We can be part of that chain reaction. Um, I, I say that, you know, when, when we get hurt, it's, it's kind of like somebody has thrown a rock at us. And they may have thrown the rock intentionally because they thought we were trying to hurt them. They may right. have thrown the rock because they were trying to hit somebody else and we just happened to be in the space that that person had been occupying. Right. They right. may have thrown the rock because they weren't paying attention to what they were doing and the rock just happened to head in our direction. And we've got three choices really about, well, four choices but three bad choices and one good one, right? <laughs> the, the first bad choice we can use is to take that stone and start building a wall around our heart. And the problem with that is that the higher the wall goes, the less love is getting into us. It's like light, right? Mm -hmm. you, can't, you can't build walls that let love in while keeping love out at the same time. And it's a, that's the first one. The second one is to fling the stone back in somebody else's direction, which almost inevitably hits somebody we didn't intend to hit, causes right. problems we didn't intend to cause. Or we can stuff that heavy rock in a backpack and carry it on our own back for the rest of our lives. And that's what a lot of people do. They carry those burdens for the rest of their lives until they can't carry them anymore. And they don't realize that inside of that, and this is the, actually the healthiest thing to do, inside of that pain, that rock that was thrown at us is a gem that is waiting for us to find it. And we will break open that incident and re-examine it from the current perspective we have objectively. We'll see a beautiful story about ourselves that we didn't see before in the moment. There is positive to be taken out of every negative. That's beautiful. And I was talking to Michael O'Brien last week when we were doing the podcast, we actually discussed a very similar, even the whole backpack analogy and everything, which is great. So that's interesting that uh, I've, you know, I'm talking to you about this and we organically landed in the, a very similar idea, a uh, similar space when, uh, when it was all said and done. So that's, uh, that's beautiful. You articulated that wonderfully. I love that. Thank you. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. I've had a lot of things that have hurt me in my life and, and I can choose to hold on to those and I can choose to let those poison me or slow me down or stop me, which I have done in the past. Or I can choose to crack open those incidents, re-examine them and find the good in them and take that and move forward with my life. And I choose to move forward. So in closing, I know you've, you've given a lot of, 
really great ideas. Uh, you know, you, you given you said um, you know being grateful for everything, finding uh, finding the gem inside of the rock. But if is there outside of those ideas, which are great, are there any other things you would like to share just to help people incorporate gratitude into their daily lives? Any other uh, tidbits? I think more than anything, gratitude is good for you. Somebody once asked me, why should I be grateful? You know, I didn't ask to be here. None of us did. Gratitude is good for you. When you can look at your life and see the positive in it and take every positive out of every negative, then you stop being the victim of the world and you start being its champion. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. I think the... I think that's a really great place to close out the, uh, the uh, interview we did today. That's, that's very wonderful. Thank you, uh, Brandy. I want to thank you so much again for uh, taking the time and sharing these wonderful stories and uh, these beautiful insights with us. And could you um, just, just tell the people uh, the best way to get a hold of you or if they want to see any of the, you know, connect with you and the things you're doing? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, if you want to connect with me on Twitch, it's twitch.tv forward slash mistress of portals because I open portals to whole new worlds. Um, <laughs> then there's my website, which is writeyourbook.today. Um, I also have a write your book group on Facebook for those who are interested in writing. And, you know, any of those will work. Okay. Okay. Well, uh, thank you for coming to Gratitude Space, uh, Brandy. And I'm Chris Palmore saying uh, stay grateful. To further connect with Brandy, check out the links in the show notes. And if you'd like to receive a digital copy of Brandy's book, Turning Problems into Profits, it's really simple. Just click the link in the show notes titled yourtakeaways.com forward slash claim and add the passcode M38A89, which is also found in the show notes. Spend three minutes giving your feedback and receive this gift. Thank you in advance for listening, and I have two asks here. If you like what you've heard, please click the subscribe button. It just helps. And if you know anybody that would benefit from hearing Brandy's story, share it with them. I'll see you next week in this space that is reserved for gratitude. As my best friend Josh Waitskin says, don't forget to love, and I say stay grateful. I'm Chris with Jerry Springer saying stay grateful. There you go. Sure.